You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with DC Lucchese and Becky Santoro and Sloan Crawford from Foster Village, Charlotte. Now, when children are taken into foster care, they usually have very uh, little with them. You know, it's a very stressful, emotional time for children, their biological families, uh, and really their foster families. Now, four women in Charlotte um, have gotten together to create a village of sorts to help foster children who are relocating with very little notice and very few belongings. Foster Village Charlotte starts with giving the children welcome packs uh, and then goes a little bit further or goes so much further. Exactly. Um, there's two of them with us on the brand builders podcast today, so we can learn a little bit more about foster village. So thank you so much for making the time, Becky and Sloan. And let's talk foster village. Yes. yes. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much for having us on. So to get things started, um, you know, we understand that foster village Charlotte is actually the first affiliate of a group based in Austin, Texas. Um, so tell me a little bit how you guys first heard about foster village and then really what made you, uh, decide to act. Uh, that's a great question. So originally, when we became foster parents, we started looking for a network here in Charlotte that could kind of help us to find other foster parents in Charlotte. Um, and on that hunt, we kind of found the other co-founders, but we were looking for some kind of structure, something to help us to bridge the gap, so to speak, because what we were trying to locate in Charlotte wasn't hadn't arrived yet. So we started doing some research and uh, landed in Foster Village, Austin, and I had a chance to go out and meet the executive director, Crystal Smith. Um, and it was actually a challenging time in our own personal foster journey with my husband and I. And so it was a way for me to kind of control a situation I couldn't control. Um, and so I went down, I sat down next to her um, and just picked her brain for about four hours. And um, afterwards, she said I was pretty persistent. Um, and I <laughs> kept coming back to her and and asking if she would ever consider doing an affiliation with us. And um, finally, probably about six months later, she finally caved and said, yes, and here we are. That's awesome. Now tell me, but before we jump into exactly what Foster Village Charlotte is, I'd love to learn a little bit more about both of you. Um, Becky, we did have your husband on previously, yes. which was awesome, mm -hmm. but you know, more, um, focused towards Foster Village, but really, you know, your affiliation with foster children and, and just tell us a little bit more about your background and then we can learn more about Foster Village. Sure. Um, so my husband and I became foster parents about two and a half years ago. And an hour after we got licensed, we got a call for our foster daughter. And she was one years old and um, and she was at Levine and um, we, at, we were asked to pick her up. And so that's kind of where our journey started. We had two biological children already. Um, and after two years of fostering her and getting to know her biological parents and, and supporting their journey, um, unfortunately, their journey um, ended and our journey began. And fortunately, she is now our adopted daughter. So um, we've always had a heart for foster care. We started out as Title I teachers. We always had um, kids who were in foster care in our classes. And so it was something that we always just knew we wanted to do. Um, and then when we took time outside of being teachers, it was like, okay, we finally have maybe this space to, to pour into that. Um, so that's kind of where we are right now. And Sloan? Yeah, so we, we're on the crazy journey also, uh, enjoying the world of foster care. My husband and I got licensed as foster parents also about two and a half years ago. We have three girls in our home um, of our own, and we received our first placement actually just very shortly before we were actually licensed as foster parents. Uh, some folks that we knew in the community, and we got 
twin baby girls. Oh, wow. Which wow. brought our family to five children under the age of four. <laughs> five girls under the age of four. And my sweet Superhero. husband rolled with all of this. Oh, uh, so wow. it was definitely trial by fire. And that was that was what lit the fire inside of me and my husband to find and then create a village of support. Because when you have a lot of unexpectedness in your life, you need a lot of stability anywhere you can find it. And so, that's what the village is all about. So I'm a twin and I have a newborn. So God bless you. That's all I got. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Yeah, I don't know. That's I appreciate it. it. There's nothing and else to talk about. Done. This lady is a Mic drop, and here we go. You know, coffee. Uh, coffee. coffee. Right. That's right. I'm with you. You I know have it's one. the player. I have one. I'm, I'm now oh, going to go right. home and just go, I, this is simple. I got you are, you are <laughs> traveling white. Um, you are traveling white. Well, but I tell you, we've had five placements since then. The girls, the twin girls that we had were reunified with their mom, and we still have contact with them. They're doing very well, and we are so lucky to have the relationship that we have with the girls and their family. Um, and it, it has been really a journey. It's been wonderful to connect with other foster parents, to know Becky and Tracy and Molly, the other founders, and have this village of support within our community. Right. And you talk about that support. Tell us a little bit more about what foster, I 100% agree. If you got kids of any sort, then mm-hmm. you need some You need some backup. Yeah. Except for the rookie over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still need backup. Yeah, back up, back up. <laughs> I don't even have training wheels yet. <laughs> but, but okay, in all seriousness, what, what sort of support, what mm-hmm. sort of backup, what sort of oomph does Foster Village bring? So, um, the foster village was was birthed out of this need of to find other foster parents mm-hmm. because you would think it would be easy. You'd go to a class. You would know all the foster parents. You'd get their email list. It's super complicated. Um, in fact, we had another foster parent on our street when we were fostering our daughter, and I didn't know it until the kid who was playing in our yard one day told me he was a foster kid. And then I was like, can yeah. I talk to your mom? Like, I would really like to meet her. We were on the same street. And so that's where it was – because everyone is licensed through different agency, mm-hmm. there's either the county or all these other private agencies, it's kind of hard to find each other. So step one of Foster Village is let's find each other. Let's figure out how we can um, bring the community of foster parents together. But then also let's find a bridge of supporters outside of foster care that might be, might say, I want to support foster care. I have a heart for that. I'm not going to be a foster parent, but I want it. I want some way to in- engage and help our community in this way. Mm-hmm. And so so when we were trying to find those bridges, we just couldn't find them, and that's why we decided to make it. So step one of finding foster parents is to bring welcome packs when they first get a child. Mm-hmm. And that was birthed, again, out of need that usually you get an hour's notice, and the kid mm-hmm. shows up with sometimes nothing except for the clothes on their back. Um, and so in a real practical way, we wanted to give two to three night's worth of things so that we could show up. And really, it's not so much about what's in the welcome pack, although that helps you not to have to go through Target when you're tunnel vision trying to get your home ready for, for another kiddo. But um, but in a real way, it's I see you. I appreciate you. Thank you for saying yes. And it's an easy way for people outside of foster care to meet that need for the foster parents. And then we get to find them and hold on to them and be a lifeline back when they need us. So in addition to the children, and I, I think giving those packs is awesome. Um, I think that's something that w- when someone walks in, they're like, wow, I'm loved immediately. And and we always yeah. talk about, you know, from first impressions to ones that last, that's a, a great way to yeah, make a first, first impression. impression. Yeah. Um, but tell me a little bit, you know, it's not just the, the, the kids as well, right? The parents need some support. Tell us how you guys, you know, work with the parents or whether they're established or if they're new to the foster uh, program. 
Absolutely. So we see the Welcome Packs as kind of our foot in the door. It's our, our launch pad for a new mm-hmm. relationship with a foster family. Um, and from there, we have foster family support groups that are located all throughout Charlotte, North and South. We have Parents Night Out events where we have trained babysitters who come in who can watch bio kids and foster kids. So the foster parents can actually go out and have some time to talk together, just mm-hmm. the two of them. Or go to Target together. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's what most of us want to do. Mm-hmm. Without kids at Target, that must be. I, know, I don't even know. It's a it's a, that's a date night there. Yeah, that's a date night. Yeah. Yeah. I'm night. saying this as my kid's not even running yet. So I don't <laughs> Good yeah. luck. Yes. <laughs> right. But it's all about the connection for us. We really want the families to feel connected and valued. And that leads into the advocacy part uh, also that Foster Village Charlotte is a strong believer of. We want our families to feel like they have a voice in what's happening with this child who's in their home that that we fall in love with and we want the best for. We want permanency for this child if it's with their bio family or wherever the judge and the guardian ad litem deem is the most most appropriate place for the child to be and be healthy. What is the program, uh, and not necessarily the program, but but tell me a little bit about the the lay of the land here in Charlotte. How many foster parents are there? How many kids are are in need mm-hmm. of a foster parent? Mm-hmm. Do you have those type mm-hmm. of statistics? Right now, there's about 600 kids in foster care located in Charlotte. Um, in Through the county, there's about 95 foster families that are licensed. Um, but then the number gets a little bit more ab- abstract because these private agencies that can um, certify parents to be in lots of different counties, they also serve kids within Charlotte. Okay. Um, so that number is a little bit harder for us to quantify. And um, a lot of our work is trying to um, sit down with agencies, earn their trust, um, help them to see us as a a unifier um, and not someone who's um, picking sides of of where a foster parent lands in their um, desire to be licensed, but to try to bring everybody together. But yeah, right now there's about 600 kids in foster care. About 40 of them are waiting to be adopted, which means their parents' rights have been terminated and they are waiting for their forever family. Um, and then that number, um, as you can imagine, kind of ebbs and flows over time. And so I, as a new dad, um, I get this, I don't know, maybe I just think about it differently. I, I believe that the number one responsibility of an adult or a parent is your kid and, mm-hmm. and creating a path where they're successful. And when they're 18, they can make their own decisions and hopefully they go off and they're a good contributor to society. It, it kills me that there's parents out there that don't have that aspect. Um, but at the same time, it's awesome that there's foster parents that can step in when a parent doesn't want to take that responsibility. Tell us, how does how does that work from the biological? And I know it's going to be every, every mm-hmm. situation is yeah. going to be different, mm-hmm. but let's just hypothetically throw this out there. How does that work if you're a foster parent working with the biological parents? Uh, because you're not necessarily you know, you haven't adopted the child, right? Mm-hmm, the the right. rights haven't been terminated. Right. Do you try to continue to build that relationship? And just tell us, how does that really work? Well, I will say in most of my experiences, the parents want what's best for the child. The, the biological parents have made a mistake or something has come up in their life that has caused trauma. Um, and they really want what is best for their child. I, I believe in the, the deep goodness of people there. Uh, and we believe in reunification. We are supportive of if a biofamily is going to be a healthy place for the child to be permanently, that's what we want, and we will do everything we can to support that. Um, and my family's experience, when we had our first placements, the hardest lesson for me to learn as a new foster parent was swallowing my humility and not not making any judgments, but forging a bond and co-parenting 
with a biological parents because reunification was the goal. And the most important thing was for me to be supportive of that goal and, and do what was healthy for the children. That has proved to be hugely beneficial to me now that the children have reunified and we have a solid relationship with the family. We're able to keep in touch with these children and see them. They come play with us, uh, stay with us once a month. It's, it's a really beautiful thing. Again, when that's a healthy option for the children, that's that's what we want. We try to co-parent as much as we can. One thing I'll add to that is that um, there is a, a huge statistic of um, bio parents that were actually foster children themselves. And so we see this cycle over time where um, if, a, if a kid is coming from trauma, then he grows up and he becomes a parent, it's really hard for them to get away from that childhood trauma and to make some better choices. So what we always try to tell our foster parents is this is a kid who now is an adult, but 20 years ago, you would have been fighting for this kid as a foster parent. And so it's kind of helped me to keep in, in that lens of um, we broken, broken people hurt, hurt, and they, they can sometimes make broken choices. Um, but our goal as foster parents is to support the, the bio parents, um, but then also to, to put the kids first too. And sometimes it's not appropriate for a kid to go back home. And that's where we want to kind of lean into the, the advocacy piece for our foster children. At the end of the day, we want them to break the cycle if their parents can't do it. But we do believe in humanity and that they can break the cycle even as adults. But it's much harder to climb that hill when this odds are stacked against you with drugs, violence, alcohol, all those things that can get in the way. I agree. I, um, yeah. I'm almost speechless. I mean, you guys do such amazing work. Um, it seems like this must be exhausting. One question I have, and you know, I, I wouldn't consider myself to be eligible to be a foster parent right now, but at the same time, I would be interested in learning, you know, how we can help. And you briefly talked a little bit about that um, what are you guys with Foster Village if it's not someone that wants to sign up? And like, look, if you're out there and you want to be a foster parent, get in touch with them immediately, right? Like <laughs> sure. that's the yes. goal. Yes. Um, but if not, give us some ways that either corporations, mm -hmm. individual families, whether that's volunteering, whether that's you know a financial uh, impact, how, how can they help? And what are you guys seeking from that aspect? Absolutely. Well, that's the, that's the beauty of the village. Uh, not everyone is called to be a foster parent, and that's totally okay. Um, only some of the crazy coffee drinkers like Becky and I over here, <laughs> Amen. Um, we love it and thrive on, on all of the chaos in the home, the beautiful chaos. But we are looking for support in the community. Uh, there's lots of great opportunities for folks to get involved um, with us directly. You can visit fostervillagecharlotte.org for a lot of information. We're always looking for uh, donors, for sponsors. Right now we have a need for monthly donors. Mm -hmm. Yep, and also our big dream is that um, we would like a house um, to be a, a central hub for um, biological parents and foster parents to be able to use. So when a kid comes into care, they leave the only home that they know to go to a new home that they need to learn. And what we'd like to do is have a neutral spot where they can come with their foster parents, they can get the things that they want, pack their own bags of things, while the foster families are being loved on and cared for by our staff, where we can support them and tell them about what's going going on um, in, in and around our city. But also, that's where our volunteers can come in. They can sort the things that we get. They can help us build the fence. They can help us make a playground. Kids can see that as a neutral ground for meeting their biological parents there. When uh, we dropped off our daughter every single week to see her dad, 
we had to bring her to an office building. And I don't think that gave him any hope to be able to be in this sterile government-run office building. Um, But what if they were on neutral ground in a home-like setting and they were able to bake cookies with their kid and push them on the swing? Could that have maybe changed the trajectory Mm -hmm. of his his ability to kind of maybe rise up a little bit? I think it it could. And so we're really looking for people that want to help support that dream. We're, We're pushing to see that happen the next three to five years, I'd say. Um, but to be able to do it, we are 100% on individual donors at this point. Um, we would love to see corporations step up or if someone has land that they just want to gift us, feel free. We will take that. <laughs> um, but we, we're going after that home. And Foster Village Austin has that home. And we've been able to see such success there and um, such a such a way for the community to see the village and actually be able to come to a spot and um, and have the village's supporters kind of wrap around these foster families. So that's our big goal. Right, and you mentioned your your staff. I know it's not you know thousands of people working with you right now, mm-hmm. but clearly it's more than you two. How many people mm-hmm. are working with foster or volunteering with Foster Village right now? So Foster Village Charlotte is run by four mm-hmm. uh, local foster moms. Becky, myself, Tracy, and Molly, mm-hmm. and then we have a team of volunteers. I'd say we have close to 50 volunteers in the community right That's now who nice. help us connect with families and deliver tangible needs mm-hmm. and get everything organized. Mm-hmm. So if folks wanted to volunteer with you, mm-hmm. then they could... We would definitely love it. We would love it. Yeah. We would love it. Yep. Yep. Volunteer is an easy step in, especially if you've said, you know, I've thought about doing foster care. I don't know if it's right for my family. Um, we we see that it kind of takes that stigma down when you're able to see a foster family in action and you can say, oh, this is just this is just controlled chaos or just you know, <laughs> beautiful chaos. But um, but you know, my husband we we own a business we we work we uh, and we're still able to be foster parents and so sometimes it's just meeting someone that's doing it that can mm-hmm. kind of bring it down so we love volunteers that say i might want to be a foster parent let me in a little bit okay deliver that welcome pack show up on that porch of someone who's in Myers Park and you're like wait there's foster kids in Myers Park yes there is um and so just being able to kind of build that awareness and um to and show that this is happening in your backyard and we're going to help support you so it's not so scary but then if you don't want to be a foster parent, but you want to volunteer, we we love and appreciate those people as well. There's people inventorying our, our storage units. There's people giving us free tickets to go to the Knights game, um, giving us discounts at local businesses and, and getting haircuts for kids. So it's really the, the ideas are endless and we are all about what can the village do together or better together. So um, yeah, we would love it. Well, so it, this was um, was started in Austin. Is there anything that Austin has successfully implemented, or some things that they've done in Austin that you would like to see in Charlotte? And how big is the Austin? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say a chapter. The mm-hmm. I guess the H HQ or, yes. or whatever. So, um, so they are just three years deep right now. Um, and I think what drew us to her was that um, the executive director and founder was a foster parent herself. And um, and so when I sat across the table from her and I said you know, here's my experience. I'm trying to find other people. We, we need a village of support. She said, you're, you're like me a year and a half ago. You just need to, to get to it. Um, but what we've seen so successful, they've helped about 500 foster parents. Um, and it was very, very similar to us. It was, let's start by meeting some tangible needs. And then, wow, all of these people live in this certain, certain, you know, area. What if we can, um, connect them together? Because, 
it's hard, as you can imagine, just like teaching or anything that's difficult, um, it's hard to retain the really quality foster parents or the really quality teachers, right? Um, because they're living it in and in in and day out, um, same with social workers, all the all the good ones, right? <laughs> um, and so what we're trying to do is increase that number. And what, what statistics say is that when a foster parent is um, appreciated, loved on, encouraged, supported, they're more likely to take on kids. They're more likely to not disrupt a placement, meaning they have to let go of a kid because it's just too hard. Um, and that's what we've seen out of Foster Foster Village Austin. A lot of the volunteers, I think they're up to 15 now, have become licensed just from starting to be a volunteer and then realizing, mm-hmm. oh, I can do this. Um, but then the house has been super successful mm-hmm. for them to be able to have this neutral ground. And they actually do something a little bit different there. There's a lot of kids that are sleeping in the offices of the DSS um, building in Austin, Texas. We don't have as big of a problem with that here. Um, but they're waiting for their foster parent. They're calling around. Foster parents aren't able to get to their phone fast enough, but here's this kid who's been taken out of a traumatic situation and needs a home. And so sometimes that happens at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. If you think about a domestic violence um, thing that you see on the news the next day, just imagine that there's probably three kids in that home that were taken away as well. But those are the things you don't say because right. the news can't really talk about mm-hmm. that because they're in you know private custody. Um, and so what what this building is able to do, this house, is that the kids come there and sometimes they stay with the social worker overnight. They have beds there, they have showers, they have dinner, um, and that way they can kind of be a little bit more settled versus sleeping in an office building. Again, Charlotte doesn't have that issue. We're doing a really great job finding foster parents and getting them there. But that is one of the success that they have found in Austin. Um, but it's really it's really beginning there. And then we've seen already we're the first affiliates. So you have three others launching. But this is going to be na- nationwide in the next couple of years. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. You guys are, are amazing people and you guys do amazing work. Um, it was awesome to hear a little bit more about your story. And I know you know, a lot of our listeners will be excited to hear this. And, and hopefully, if you are listening to this, you will help out. Um, and if you have a house or land, yes, please we'll take um, it. Yeah. They will take it. <laughs> we will take and it. They will use it. But yes. um, no, in, in all seriousness, Becky and Sloan, thank you guys so much from from a member of the Charlotte community and a, and a new father. Uh, it's amazing that you guys are doing this. Um, and I know there's a lot of foster kids that will benefit from it. So if there's any way that we can help you, we'll definitely do that. Um, you guys, I, we did mention, but it's Foster Village charlotte.org yes. um, and do you guys have any any social media mm-hmm. or anything that you want to yep. plug instagram facebook you can find us there mm-hmm. excellent someday i'll figure out twitter haven't figured it out yet <laughs> <laughs> it's okay you already got this instagram's where it's at right well thank you guys again for joining thank the you. brand builders podcast and uh definitely go check out fostervillagecharlotte.org and go follow them on instagram to uh just follow the greatness that you guys are doing thank you again thank, thank you, you so much, much. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.